It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. You know, we supposedly lost three of our top four players uh, through the transfer portal, you know, through the head coaching change. And, you know, I think in a weird way it galvanized our guys a little bit. I mean, I think that they they came together, um, they sacrificed for each other, they did all the little things that, that guys have to do. And, and, and it's been quite a ride. I mean, you don't have this kind of ride without, as Kirby said earlier, I mean, great leadership. The ball's got to bounce your way. You have to have just an unrelenting attitude and, and a desire to get better every single day. And you got to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder to prove people wrong. And these guys have had that all year. They've had a desire to, to work hard and to invest in each other. And it, it's got us here. And, um, you know, we haven't listened to any of the preseason expectations. You know, the, the challenge for us was, was not listening to people tell us how good we were when we actually became a pretty good football team. And our guys have done a great job of ignoring all the outside noise and focusing on what they have to do every day. That right there is the head football coach at Texas Christian University, Sonny Dykes. And um, very well said from him, right? They, they started off pretty strong and... You know, I think they were good early, but they they kept getting better and better. Sometimes they had to just absolutely do whatever they could to survive, which happens to pretty much everyone in a national championship run. And they look great against Michigan, and here they are in the national championship yeah, game. Well, OU was their coming out party early in the year. They didn't have a great yep. schedule before that. The OU game was their chance to really say, like, yeah, new staff, mm-hmm. but here's who we are. And, um, yeah, they made a pretty loud statement that afternoon in Fort Worth. They did. You know, it's interesting. Um, was talking with Holly Rowe the other day, and Whoa, okay. she was asking yeah, she was asking Coach Dykes about, like, you know how his team is. Is it like, are they going to be loose? Are they going to be tied? Apparently, one of their practices, it was, it was really loose, and they were all out there having fun, and you could just tell. And uh, he had said that he's had some really good seasons. I think they were undefeated deep into the year at Cal. Um, he had an undefeated season there at SMU, going at one point, and like he tightened up and got real nervous and. Felt like his team like, could feel that and played kind of how he felt. And he said that's that's not going to happen again. He's not going to allow that to happen. He's going to be loose. He's going to enjoy it. He's going to have fun. So that kind of leads me to believe that I don't expect TCU to be running all kinds of crazy trick plays and onside kicks and everything, but I think that they're going to cut it loose. Oh, oh I, I do. Mean, wh- I why, think- w- why would you not? Because you, you you watch the Peach Bowl and Ohio State, man, they were lethal against Georgia secondary, right? Now, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think TCU has a wide receiver as good as Marvin Harrison Jr., but 
Quinn Johnson's probably a first-round pick in his own right. So, you, you, like, I think your strength as an offense was something Georgia had a lot of trouble with. I would expect a lot of uh, uh, go balls down the field. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they're going to get Attack aggressive. Attack Georgia, man. Attack them early. I think they'll be aggressive on offense, but on defense, they are they're going to do their thing, man. They're not going to blitz. They're going to they're going to play their their front that 3-3-5 and I think it's going to take Georgia a little while to adjust to it. And you know, they've got the three man down front and it just looks like you're going to be able to run against it no problem. You know, just like uh, McCarthy said, you know, before they went into the uh, the semifinal game, uh, we're going to show them Big Ten football and run right over the top of that that three three five defense. No, yeah, no, well, they did on the first play to. of the game, but after that, not 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 right. so much. Um, all yeah, right. they have they have the best offensive line in the country. Joe Moore Award winning offensive line. Yeah, they did. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. We'll find out the answer via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So uh, get ready, text line, 405-651-3439. Who do you think the majority of OU fans are uh, rooting for tonight? Who do they want to win? TCU. What's reason being why? Sick of seeing SEC teams win win it. Yeah, something different. Yeah. I think I, I I think the massive percentage of the country wants TCU TCU to win, but not very many people believe that they will win. I think that's a very good way of, of putting it. Yes, the majority of the country will be rooting for TCU because there's something different, but no one really thinks right. that they're going to win this game. No, I I um, before I really start to you know count on the text line, you know how people feel. I think that that's right. Is there anything, too, also that they want something different, but OU fans at the end of the day aren't concerned about TCU turning into a you know giant there in the North Texas area, even even with recruiting? You know what I mean? Like, I, I know they hate Texas, so they would never want Texas to win the title, but maybe OU fans don't view TCU as a program that could – you know, really rise up and be a top three, top five program year in and year out. Maybe that's also why they're rooting for him tonight. I don't know, just a random thought. Well, yeah, I I think that that's there's probably some truth to that. If you have a if you have an opportunity to weaken Georgia a little bit, weaken maybe the SEC before you head down there. Maybe it, I think it helps perhaps turn the narrative. Um, you know. We, we've been we've been told for so long about how crappy the Big 12 is, and Venables has had some success recruiting some defensive players here recently. But it's been really hard to do, and turning public opinion in a, in a in a different direction is difficult. And as soon as they go to the SEC, they're gonna they're gonna be able to start to turn public opinion because now what they're part of the SEC, right? So. I think that's going to happen. But I also think that if you can get legitimacy to the Big 12, then I think it helps to turn that tide a little bit quicker. Sure. You get a little bit of a jump start on on turning opinion of, of maybe your program and the conference you're coming from 
you know, before you, you go ahead and make that move in uh, a year or, or whenever that, that move happens? Uh, all right, let's see. Georgia, that's from the 817. TFCU, uh, Camo Suter, Georgia, simply because we don't want another Big 12 team to win a playoff before us. Uh, TCU recruits. Mm. TCU recruits Texas against OU, so they're going with Georgia. TCU. Yeah, because so does Georgia. So does so does everyone. TCU because Ted said so. That's from OU Architect. Here's a TCU. I'm rooting for TCU mm-hmm. so Garrett Riley can rub it in Mule Shoes' face. Georgia all day. I wish no luck to anyone in the Big 12. TCU, Kirby Smart has an outdated hairstyle. Uh, I like going for the <laughs> underdog. That's the only reason. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a lot more split than I thought. I would thought it was going to be about yeah. 80-20 TCU, but that's not what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm surprised by that. You know, somebody's going to win a national championship every year, and that somebody is going to be recruiting against Oklahoma in Texas, oh, no yeah. matter who it is. Oh, yeah. No matter where they're from. Well, if not in Texas, right. in Florida, Georgia. Well, Georgia went head to head on a four-star wide receiver in Texas. So there you go. They won the title yeah. last year. Now maybe you can say that. Well, yeah, that's true. But TCU in Texas is going to have a, a major advantage in recruiting. I don't know. Perhaps, maybe, maybe that's the case. Uh, if they can keep it rolling, uh, time will tell. But. I've got I've got no worries about Oklahoma on the recruiting trail moving forward. I think it's only going to get why, better and better. Wait, why would I have I mean, you can have questions about how things are, you know, progressing. You can have questions about things moving forward, but recruiting 6 and 7 year and they have a top 5 class, that's no. I'm not questioning recruiting whatsoever. Had their worst season no. since 1998 and their best class ranking wise in a long time. I'm not I don't question that. Now we have we have another six and six season. Okay, then I'll be I'll start to yeah, maybe. Uh, be worried about recruiting. Okay, but as of right now, I think we're going to be just fine. I think it's going to continue to improve. I think we're going to get a boost, a natural boost, whenever we go to the SEC. Um, I think that we're going to have a much improved football team next year. Uh, you know, I could be wrong on that. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I think I think we're in a good spot. I think we'll be fine. No matter what happens with TCU, um, if TCU wins tonight, we might see something that hasn't happened in over thirty years. Now, I'm going to try to explain what I mean by that. It's like evaluate TCU's current prestige, like currently, historically, you know, just the overall prestige of their program compared to recent national championship winners. And you tell me if you hear one that's similar at all to TCU, okay? So you had Georgia okay. last year, Bama in 2020, LSU, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, Alabama twice, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, LSU, Florida, Texas, USC, LSU, Ohio State, Miami, OU, Florida State, Tennessee, Michigan, Florida, Nebraska, Nebraska, Florida State, Alabama. Like, did you hear any program at all that has like the current prestige of TCU because I think you got to go back all the way to like 1991 when Washington split with Miami for the title I was going to say like maybe Clemson 
Yeah, well, if but, you're evaluating them what they were at that time, then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But they had been in a power conference for so much longer than uh, right. TCU had. Yeah. I'm get, TCU's never won a national championship before, right? Um, did they win one in like 39, I think, maybe? Not modern. So that's the crazy thing about TCU is they were a non-Power 5 school, um, you know, previous to 2012, right? So that's fascinating. They, well, were they were they before that? Were they in the claim national championships thirty five and thirty eight? So they got two of those bad boys. Were they in the Southwest Conference before? No, 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 no. Big Twelve, no? Okay. Uh, Mountain West before that, Conference USA before that. Uh, actually, they were in the Southwest Conference. Sorry, uh, the WAC before that. And then yeah, Southwest Conference until ninety. So does, I, I'm guessing Southwest Conference that counted as a major conference. Um, yeah, yeah. Arkansas, yeah. Texas. SMU, TCU, all those schools, yeah. yeah so, but uh, it's, it's been impressive. over thirty. I mean, if it's not Clemson, it's been over thirty years since a program like TCU has won a title. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's it's impressive, and I, I don't know. Maybe they'll be able to have some staying power. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Put together a staff. Like the hardest thing is is going to be keeping those guys, right? You know, whenever they see what Gillespie's done with that defense, whenever they've seen what Garrett Riley's done with the offense, everyone's going to be trying to poach those guys away. That's what happens when you win a bunch of football games. Your coordinators start to get hired for head coaching gigs. So it, that's that's going to be their challenge moving forward. Would TCU slash the Big 12 winning a natty create any more likelihood OU Texas leave earlier? That's from the 918. No, I don't think so. No. I mean, there's – I don't think there's any – like, we're going to go – at least it looks like, sounds like we're going after this coming season. That's – yeah. And as the days tick by, I – it gets harder and harder for you to, to play in at this season. Like it's almost it's probably logistically already impossible, especially when the SEC's already come up with their schedule. So, no, I don't think it happens any quicker. I think it's I think it's going to be next season. This text says, "Screw rooting for TCU. Their fans are jackasses, and they don't deserve to be happy. Plus, no one else in this godforsaken conference is doing OU any favors from here on out. Go dogs." Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Georgia's not going to be doing any favors either. Oh God, no, no chance. The no uh, chance. there's probably already spies running amok around Norman for Georgia, trying to figure out what Venables is doing on offense and on defense moving forward. Yeah, how do you think uh, Gary Patterson has felt this year? You know, I. I'm sure publicly he's been saying how awesome it is for TCU and how happy he is. And maybe he is. Maybe he's just a great human being that can just say, well, they've given so much to me and I'm, I'm so happy for him. But come on, man. It would be a little hard to sit here and enjoy TCU season when you get fired after doing so much, they give you a statue, and then the very next year they're in the national title game. Like You want them to feel the pain at least a little bit of letting you go. I picture him with his guitar plugged into an amp in his house singing the Take a Step Back song over tears, uh, you know, thinking about it. 
it's got to be brutal. And you're right. Uh, you say whatever you want. It's it's the most natural thing ever to. I whenever you leave somewhere, whether it's by your own choice or you're fired, whatever it is. I you 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 want to at least feel like that place misses you, right? Yes. Like it's like it's going to be difficult to move on without you. And whenever, not only is it not difficult, but they go all the way to a national championship. <laughs> With the, the same quarterback era. that you had. It's not like they got Caleb yeah. Williams. In the, like, they got Max Duggan, who, like, this came out of nowhere for him. Like, they, they got some portal guys, but they used a lot of Gary Patterson's players to get here. It's got to hurt so bad. It's got to be painful. It's got to make you question yourself. I, yeah, that's... It's not easy to do, man. Not easy to do. He'll be all right, though. <laughs> you think he watches the game? Um, no, I think, like you said, he's playing his guitar at uh, Santa Monica Pier out there in L.A. Hey, Coach, you want to come over and watch the game? Oh, well, what game? What, what are you talking <laughs> about? The national championship. TCU's on tonight. They're playing against Georgia. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Heck, I didn't even... I thought, I didn't realize that the game was on tonight. No, guys, I'm uh, I'm at home crying into my whiskey. Yeah, no, I, that's that's got to be difficult on the man. All right, let's hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line six five one three four three nine. Opinions, you've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off twenty four seven three sixty five on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Air Comfort Solutions is turning up the heat this winter. Visit aircomfortsolutions.net. Um, I'm rooting for Georgia because I don't want USC to be able to run a graphic that they have the brother of a national championship winning <laughs> offensive coordinator as their head coach. God, that's so oh, good. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Nicely it, done. I wouldn't put it past him. TCU, uh, David versus Goliath. Does this feel like a David versus Goliath matchup? Um, no, not really. Maybe in a sense that in the David versus Goliath fight, there was a guy standing there ready for hand-to-hand combat, and then David had a slingshot and was firing projectiles at that guy. Um, Maybe in that sense, like, there may be some bigger better players there but tcu is more than equipped for the fight um so you're staying uh david stone uh, david's stone not david stone for you recruiting <laughs> fans out there david stone wasn't as vulnerable as a uh, six foot five wide receiver future first rounder on the outside like quentin johnston yeah or a heisman trophy uh finalist at quarterback yeah that's yeah. right i think they i think they have uh, the edge at quarterback. Now, Stetson Bennett has proven that he's capable of some really good things at quarterback. But I think this defense is going to give him a headache. I think he may throw a couple interceptions. Um, I think Max Duggan's fight and the ability to scramble can do a number on that that big defense of of Georgia's if they can move the chains and and you know keep some tempo going on offense. I think the running game is is much better than than people realize, and I know with Miller being out, that 
that could be a factor. It, it really could. But I think whenever Georgia starts their defense lines up against TCU's offense, they're going to be like, damn, because there's some gigantic dudes at the skill position there for TCU. This is not going to have the look of some, you know, some soft, undersized, throw where you're not, Big 12 team that everyone's been led to believe that this league is made up of. Yeah, um, and maybe George is, like, locked in focus. Kirby seems like he's, you know, pretty good at that for the most part, but it's kind of dangerous sometimes um, going into a national championship game. This big a favorite maybe throws off your focus a little bit. Florida State was a pretty massive favorite in the national title game, right? I'm going to guess Miami was a pretty massive favorite against Ohio State in 2002. I I just wonder if you go in the thing – as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite, if that doesn't throw things off focus-wise just a little bit. Maybe it doesn't for Georgia, but at least a couple times in the past, I think it has. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, you know, I, I think that I think TCU's speed that they've got as a football team is may come as a bit of a shock to Georgia early on. And, you know, they may be able to have the players to – like, let me just say, TCU needs to have a really good start to the game. Oh, there's no because doubt about that. As as things unfold, you know, the deeper the roster, like they're going to start to to make some plays and to to find some room to to make things happen as the game wears on. But right out of the gate, I think the team speed from TCU, I think the uh, uniqueness of their defense. And it's not just that it's unique. There's some really good players on that defense. Their two inside backers are legit. Um, they're, they got cover guys in the secondary that are that are really solid. <laughs> that true freshman nose guard is a stud. He went toe-to-toe with um, the best offensive lineman in the country, that center for Michigan. And, you know, he, he played his tail off against him so I just it's I feel like it's a more even matchup than people are giving TCU credit for. From the four oh five, why are we not going after linebacker in the portal? Seems like after Stutzman, we have young, good talent, but no game experience at all. Two red shirt guys and three incoming freshmen. Uh I don't know. I don't think that there is has been anyone out there necessarily in the transfer portal, or there's anyone right now anyway? Yeah, not yet. That, Maybe, yeah. There could be some guys that are available here soon. Right. I, I just don't think there's anyone in there that Venables is uh, is overwhelmed with. And I think the young guys came on pretty strong towards the, the back end of the season as far as starting to understand things a little bit better, starting to um, to play a little bit better. And they think the ceiling is going to be pretty high. Like they they liked what they saw from Kip Lewis, Kobe McKenzie, and Canick there at bowl practice to kind of close things out as a bunch of the young guys were getting well, some good reps throughout I that month. I, I like so. to hear that about Kobe um, because early on, I, 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 I don't know, man. He's a true freshman, so a lot of true freshmen have issues. But it kind of felt like there was a sentiment that, yeah, he's got a long way to go. Yeah. Before he's ready to play. And I'm no, hoping right. that that's, you know, he's he's still not going to be there, but he made some massive strides. What did Venable say 
he has a helmet full of, or he plays like he has a helmet full of concrete. Like that's that's got to be a pretty good sign. Yeah, well, he's a big, thick dude now. Um, I think a lot of it boils down to also like what they're going to do with Deshaun McCola. Um, I don't know if I don't know if they're going to play him as an inside backer. Uh, I think there's a chance maybe that he plays a couple of different positions, but um, I don't know. What well, we got to have some development there. There's no doubt. Um, we'll see. I, I do think I do think for sure we're going to be better at Cheetah next year, and I don't even know who's going well, to. They're going to have about 18 guys at that position. Yeah, they're bound yeah. to be better. Just pick one of the 18 that think that they're going to play Cheetah. Someone's got to pan out. Yeah, I think they're going to be better at that spot. And if they're better at that spot, I think that I, no matter who it is, if Canick is able to play it, you know, and he wins out, okay, a good chance that you probably got Deshaun McCullough as one of the inside backers. If, um, like, uh, um, Harrington is able to play it, okay, well, you've got multiple options at inside backer. Um, we'll see how Canick develops like if, if McCola plays cheetah maybe you've got um canic starts to work a little bit more and focus a little bit more on inside backer you know there's they've got some options they're young options and there's inexperience there for sure but at least you won't have two inexperienced guys sure. standing there together right like that's that's where things really get hairy um quick change of subject here before we hit a break this is via one of the reporters, Arizona Cardinals reporter. Yeah. Ky- Kyler Murray will have inputs on the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals per their owner, Michael Bidwell. So the text line did point this out earlier, and it is a fair point. Um, how does Kyler Murray feel personally about Muleshoe after the whole thing? Now, like we, we heard some rumblings that he was pissed at him, right? So yeah. I, I wonder if that relationship is I, – I, I don't know where that's at right now, so I wonder if that would yeah. affect things if he was really interested in the, in the Cardinals' job. I don't know. Perhaps. Um, I feel like that stuff fades fairly quickly if you're not, like, in it and around it nonstop. Um, you know, I – Always felt a little bit of sometimes Lincoln seemed somewhat annoyed with Kyler. Yeah. Did, did you ever get that? That yeah, he okay? Yeah. There's a specific instance where I did, and I, I I didn't before. It was last. It was last season. Well, 2021 season at the coaches show. When Bob yeah. was there, right, and it was OU Nebraska week, and he was asking him about the three different quarter, just, just the way that he, I don't know, talked about Kyler compared to Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield was, and I can't remember the exact words that he used, but it, I mean, it stood out to me. He basically said that, well, it was hard coaching him to do anything because he was so like naturally gifted that he could get away with all kinds of bad habits, right, and. Now, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, we'll see. I also uh, think it's just 
talk that Kyler's going to have input on the next head coach. Yeah, it may be. It may be. Like, this is the same uh, ownership group that, you know, put a certain stipulation in his contract less than a year ago, yeah. right? It's probably like, hey, Kyler, we're thinking about hiring, you know, coach so-and-so. What do you think? Ah, uh, no, man, I really – I'm really not uh, too excited about that. Okay, well, we appreciate your input. We're hiring him anyway. (laughs) Uh, OSU just got a quarterback. Let's hear it. You know who the name is. I just didn't know he was still playing college football. Alan Bowman just committed to Oklahoma State. Former Texas Tech, and he was at Michigan. I don't even know if he was at Michigan last year, what he was doing. Wow. How about that? Well, I – I'm not shocked that he's still playing. I don't know that he's ever played a full season, has he? Um, has he played in a game since he that OU game, game in 2018? With, when He played a game with TCU last year. Oh, jeez. They had to play like all three quarterbacks, didn't they? Um, I thought he was at Michigan last year. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't even know he was still playing. Yeah, I'm, that's, I think I'm probably wrong on that. Yeah, that's OSU's potential starting quarterback next year, though, yeah. Alan Bowman. Wow. Who uh, once well, played go. in or started a game against Kyler Murray in 2018, oddly enough, the guy that we're just talking about. I think Alan Bowman was like a true freshman, and we we're saying, dude, this guy's ceiling is really high. He can throw the ball around. Then he had that collapsed yeah. lung, and he's never really the same. guess I don't blame him. How about that? The kid with the collapsed lung is headed to Stoolwater. You did? It's all yeah, full you, you, circle. you used to call him that. I forgot about that. That's great. Yeah. I expect you uh, to uh, only refer to him as that next year. Those are my expectations now he, for you. From what I remember, the dude had a cannon, right? Could fire it all over. That's what I'm was, saying. Like, like, yeah, a, early in his career when gamer. he's healthy. Well, I mean, yeah. and, and, and I remember coming out of that Tech game in 2018, like they got up 14 nothing real quick on OU because I think Kyler threw yeah. two picks on the first two possessions. There was a pretty popular thought that if Alan Bowman – doesn't get hurt at halftime, that Tech probably wins that game, which means OU's not in the playoff that year. Right. Yeah. Wild. Well, we'll see what he does at Oklahoma State. They need some help, man. They need some help right away. Uh, Bringing in a a quarterback that's got some experience, has been around the block a time or two. So we'll see if that can help get things back on the right path there. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24 7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text. Basketball coach, the Sooner Women's Gymnastics Team, and our Veteran of the Month, Rick Starkey. Find the January issue of 19th Street Magazine on stands now or online at 19thStreetMagazine.com. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, Let's start in college football, shall we? Uh, We heard the news that Mims is headed to the National Football League. Some other college football players that have decided to stay for a year. Michigan's Blake Corm coming back to Michigan uh, for another go at it. What did you think about that one? I'm sure he'll be in the top three of Heisman Trophy frontrunners. It'll be Caleb Williams, Blake Corum, and Jackson Arnold, probably your top three to enter the season. Jackson Arnold, huh? Yeah, okay. Just, kidding. just making I like sure it. that the text line is up and alive. Just, just making sure. Now, how about this, Tyler? Um, now, Florida State, 
we've already known that uh, Benson, Trey Benson, the running back leading rusher, is back. Jordan Travis, the dual-threat quarterback who had an excellent season, is back. Johnny Wilson, 6'7", wide out, was the leading receiver, closed out the season in nice fashion against the University of Oklahoma, is back. Well, how about this? With the, with the projection, the most recent projection, as the 11th pick in the first round, Jared Verse is coming back. Seriously? To Florida State. Wow. Whoa. Oh, boy. Right. Okay. Uh, and they've had he some nice ads via a, the portal as well, by the way. So, yeah. okay. He said money was a factor for sure, but whenever I really sat back and looked at it, there's a bunch of things I can improve on in my game. And, you know, let's say he was projected at 11, but let's just say that maybe he went, he fell to 20. You know, if he comes back, has a top-tier year, and let's say Florida State makes the playoff, so which people is will possible. Pick them. Yeah, people would be picking in, them to make the playoff, yes. In that conference, with the with the group that they have coming back, yeah, there's there's a chance for that. Like he could he could end up as a you know, top ten, top five type of pick. So could end up making him a bunch of money. Florida State's got a couple of tough games next year. They gotta play at Clemson in conference, but week one, oh buddy. In Orlando, yeah. the same stadium they finish the season, they play LSU week one, who LSU's yeah. also they've got they've got some nice pieces coming back next year as well. Uh did you see the uh Merry Go Round play by the Kansas City Chiefs? I did, and um I was hoping it would go for a touchdown and well, it did. How could it not go it for was a touchdown, cool. I guess? I thought it was great. Uh I was fascinated by it. I think it's interesting. I think, you know, I think it's something that you don't do every single play. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if we start to see people add that in uh, fairly routinely. Uh, becomes something that you see quite a bit. I thought it was uh, thought it was awesome. Um, and good news, Namar Hamlin is back in Buffalo. He's been released from the hospital. Uh, has made his way back. Recovery continues to go well. After uh, that scary situation, so good to have him back. It was awesome. Did you see Buffalo return the opening kickoff? Yes, that meant, come on, that was How the, cool was that, that was by far and away the best part of yesterday. Uh, yep. That was cool. I yeah. agree. And they end up winning the football game and keeping the Patriots out of the playoffs even better. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part That's as well. It. Um, all right, so I'm trying to find exactly where I had it. There's going to be a really cool commercial in the Super Bowl this year that involves Rob Gronkowski. So FanDuel has announced it will have a Super Bowl commercial that will feature Gronk attempting to kick a field goal live. The sportsbook will allow fans to place bets on Gronk. FanDuel has committed to paying out $10 million in free bets. So it's not going to be a pre-recorded commercial, at least they're telling us it's not. He's going to kick a field goal live during a commercial and everyone can bet on it in states where it's permitted. It's pretty cool. Do they... Do you know how far the field goal no, is? No, it didn't, it, it like didn't say that. Probably a 69-yard field goal, knowing Gronk. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Encouraging uh, encouraging some action there during the game. If you are uh, wanting to bet on OU to win the national championship next season, you could get pretty good odds. Currently listed at 40-1. to 1. Georgia is the favorite next year at 3-1. to 1. 
Bama at four to one, Ohio State at six to one. Then you got Michigan at twelve to one, Texas at eighteen to one. Then you got like a Kansas State, LSU, and OU all at forty to one. Hmm. Georgia at three to one. I'm sorry, that's favorite. just that's that's crazy. A three to one champion, a chance to win the national championship. Uh, I'll take the field. Thank you. I would like to take the field as well. Florida at seventy-five to one. Florida State at sixty to one. There, there's your long shot right there. Yeah, yeah. No, that would that's that's actually not a bad one. Now, uh, do I fully trust in it with uh, with the voice of their head coach? No, not really. But <laughs> you got good odds there. You got some uh, good payday possibly. So former OU quarterback Joey Halsley got a promotion. Yeah, and his promotion is to as the offensive coordinator over there at Tennessee. Pretty good job yep. to have these days, I would say. Not bad. Offensive coordinator. Now, I believe head football coach at the University of Tennessee, Josh Heupel, will continue with play-calling duties through next season. But after that, we'll see. Yeah, still, still a really good gig for him. Lovey Smith has been fired. Cliff Kingsbury has been fired. Have we seen any other firings in the NFL today outside of those two? Mm. No. So the Texans have fired a head coach in back-to-back years after only one season, correct? Uh, what a great yes. organization. That's how you run an organization right there, man. That's good well, stuff. Do you think they fired him for going for two to win the game? <laughs> whenever if They, they had the they number two it? pick now. Yeah, they yeah. had the number one pick. Oh, they blew it. Like, what are you doing? Like, come on. I get it. I you just lose it and you walk away in that moment saying, we could have won it if we wanted to. That was wild. That may have been a fireable offense if they were telling him, don't do it. Don't you dare win this football game. And he did. <laughs> Against all odds, he did. Uh, last one I have, I showed you the tattoo that Oregon head coach Dan, La- Dan Lanning got on his uh, body. Right. And the best way to describe it, if you haven't seen it, if you really care about Dan Lanning's new tattoo, just search Dan Lanning tattoo on Twitter. It's all over the place. Basically, it's a giant's tattoo of his wife's face, and she has face tattoos, essentially, of all of his previous stops in football. Yeah. Is that basically the right way to describe it? I think so. I just pulled up the picture to look at it, and the first thing I saw whenever I opened it up, and this is disgusting – his hairy nipple is in the picture. Yeah, it is. He does have a hairy nipple. Yeah, he. I, I would have shaved around that maybe because you know photos are going to be taken. Um, big time missed opportunity by him. Needs to manscape. It's interesting. I, I'm fascinated. I'd like to hear a little bit more about the. Uh, like this, there's got to be a story behind it, right? I, I mean, I think the story is in the tattoo of all of his previous stops. But why he decided to get the tattoo now? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully he ran that by his wife before he got the tattoo. <laughs> Maybe it was just a drunken oh. decision. Do you think uh, rivals of Oregon will uh, make signs of his hairy nipple next year? Mm, I think it's, it's an easy yeah. target. Yeah. There's probably going to be just a, like, there's not even gonna, the tattoo's not even going to be on there. It's just going to be a giant Harry Nipple. Well, at least he has hair Gross. on his chest. I'm sure uh, Lincoln has none on his. So. Oh, come on. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush. Coming up, we'll wrap up hour number two next. Opinions. You've got them. 
We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush as we have breaking news via the transfer portal. David Huebu has just uh, entered his name into the transfer portal. Second leading tackler on the team this past season with 110, seven and a half TFLs, two sacks on the year. Uh, big deal, not a big deal. David Huebu's in the portal. What do you think? Uh, I think that um I don't want to I, I don't want to say that it's uh, uh I think it's it's maybe was was it was expected perhaps um I think he's he's shown some good improvement at at backer um you know it was tough on him he he had always been an edge guy and perhaps he's a little bit better suited for that position but you know played the inside Ended up having a a pretty solid season as far as production is concerned. I know Stutzman led the Big Twelve in tackles, but he wasn't that far behind. No, he um, was. Uh, I think he was fourth. sixteen behind uh, to total tack. Yeah, Stutzman had one twenty six, and Weibu had a uh, hundred ten. Yeah, ended up uh, I think fourth in in the in the conference. So productive, um, big deal. I I think that we can. I think we can replace him, and I think there's a chance that, you know, we can improve at that position. I think we would have improved even if he had stayed. And He was going to be and, in a real battle for a starting spot, I think, right. if he was back next yeah. year. He was, for sure. Um, we'll see. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think they probably feel good about someone stepping into that role. And, you know, if it's one of the guys that was here all season, one of the younger guys, then they've got – you know, a, a year under their belt in this system. They understand the terminology. They'll be uh, way further ahead than they would have been had they been trying to vie for that spot before the season started. And if it's a guy like McCullough who's coming in, who's got a year of experience in big-time college football under his belt and some really good physical traits, then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how it unfolds. Uh, so you don't think that this was a surprise to the staff? No, I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't. I'm trying to think of someone that's entered the portal that they were probably surprised about. I don't. I can't see anyone that they were surprised about that entered in the portal. Guessing that they kind of um, thought everyone that's in the portal was going to be there. Yeah, I think that's probably. I think that's probably true for the most part. Maybe maybe one guy, maybe two guys that that jumped in that they they didn't know, weren't sure of. Maybe trying to convince to come back, but I think for the most part, um, it's been pretty much what they expected. All right, quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush coming up next. Stay tuned.